All right, guys. Last we talked about Alien. Today we're continuing our Alien series with our Launchpad shorties. These episodes are like a half hour long, but covering some of our favorite films. Today we're talking about James Cameron's Aliens. Some say it's a superior to the first one. Some say it's a different movie altogether, but we're going to take it apart. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, second movie there was bound to be a sequel the movie did gangbusters and they hired the young upstart director james cameron and he decided to take a completely different approach and turn it into the action blockbuster extravaganza aliens add an s add some guns this time it's war add some bullets and this movie i think defined the franchise, and I don't know how I feel about if it's better or worse, but it changed the franchise and defined what it became. I could see that. I could see that. It uh, it's interesting to have two so different movies be a part of the same franchise successfully. Yeah. Because I feel like there's such a huge difference between the first one and the second huge. one. But they both, like, in my mind, and I said this a minute ago when we were talking about Alien, mm-hmm. I think that's the best thriller suspense movie I've ever seen. At least yeah. it's got to be top three. Yeah. Aliens is the same thing as far as action. It's, I guess, a subcategory of action movies because it's sci-fi, like, yeah. in, I guess, in my hierarchy of mine. Sure. But tell me a movie that is fucking better at action than Aliens. It, it laid the blueprint for sci-fi action i think i think it it changed Mm -hmm. you know star wars is sci-fi adventure if we want to get nitpicky about how how i categorize things yeah but sci-fi action guns 80s guns and muscles aliens is like the definitive sci-fi action movie for that and i think a pinnacle of special effects achievement for its time and i think ridiculous for still today one of the best achievements in special effects because even with CG, what are you going to add to that movie? I agree. Like, make the vehicle CG. I mean, you saw everything you needed to see. You might be able to show more of it, but that movie had everything and it did it practically and it did it with the highest technology that it could. And I think that's one of James Cameron's biggest strengths is being able to bring the best technology to his movies. Though I think at that moment, at Aliens is the best way to show what you can with practical effects. And I think they nailed it. And, and it's incredible, the stuff they're able to achieve with that. The scale of it. It seems so big. It is. And I, like I said, for Alien, Alien didn't show as much. There was mm-hmm. a lot of implied stuff, a lot of stuff shown through multiple shots. And Aliens had that too. But Aliens did not shy away from stuff. Nope. There are single shots that have five to six aliens in costume jumping through, smashing shit. Um, I mean, in one shot, you have a, I don't know how many foot tall alien queen that has multiple arms Mm -hmm. stab, she stabbed her tail through a robot, lifted him into her arms, and in one shot, that giant alien queen rips him in half and throws each half of his body 
in a separate direction. That was one shot. So we watched that movie on Halloween when I was a kid with my friend who was able to convince my parents to let me see the first movie. The coolest friend ever. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching it on Halloween mm-hmm. with another one of our little friends. We're eating candy. And at that moment, when Bishop gets ripped in half... This other kid starts puking his brains out. He can't handle. He's just like, starts puking his brains out. Because that scene, I mean, it's gnarly. It's so gnarly. But that was the moment that he, he couldn't keep his candy down. <laughs> uh, I get it because it's fucking. It's beautiful. Yeah, you know, it Slow really motion, is. The uh, the white milk blood flowing everywhere, and it's one shot. I mean, how how can you get over that? It and 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 the same thing where it built sets, practical sets, huge sets. to make yep. what was happening yep. important. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And they fucking puppeteered that giant queen puppet through those sets. How can you not be in the moment when that shit happens? You it's, know, and and the alien queen to get to that expanded on the ecology in such a perfect way that they find this creature that lays the eggs and all these other hive aliens sort of protect it Mm -hmm. that still fits in the cycle of life that they created in the first movie it doesn't do any disjustice to it it doesn't muddy it up right it doesn't make it more complicated in a way that you can't follow and that that creature is so awesome when they first find her and she's attached to that giant egg sack she has newt and the flamethrower and it's just like oh man ellen ripley sigourney weaver is so badass in the first movie in this movie she becomes the icon that Ellen Ripley. Sure, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Because that moment right there when she has the little girl and she she's like, no, fuck you, we're walking out of here. And she walks out of there with all of them standing there. Like, imagine that in any, in any terrestrial movie. Somebody walks into a room full of bad guys. Like Schwarzenegger yeah. walks into a room full of, like Commando ended with him walking in, yeah. picking the girl up. And making just, a threat and yeah, then walking just back walking out. out and everybody's standing there and the big boss is right there and 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 he's like and if you don't let me walk out of here i'm blowing up your stash that's what's going on here and then at the last second he's like screw it i am blowing up your stash boom well, to be launcher. fair an egg opened as she was leaving and she blamed that on <laughs> i guess the aliens which i guess it was them but I, uh oh, that movie is that that scene and then she gets back to the ship. We get the, the crazy bishop moment. And then she fights the fucking queen alien in, in a, a power, power loader. loader. <laughs> yeah. Now, that scene, you just watched it. It's awesome. I think that scene is a little clunky for today's standards. But mm. it still isn't without its like awesome moment. The thing that bugs me the most about that scene, I would have forgiven it more if the music doesn't... It goes quiet. All you hear is... And like noises. Oh, okay. There's no music during that scene. I get what you're saying. I'm fine with that. I, I'll I got no problem with that, but I, I see what you're saying. It would have helped distract me from some of the clunkiness, I suppose. That, I see. That that come from well, how much can you show? Because the power loader is a person inside of that suit holding up Sigourney Weaver. Right. And that that's crazy. Yeah. And it's a little hard to have the fluidity that they that they that I think needed to be there but i don't want to i don't want that doesn't take away from that doesn't kill that sure sure um there's enough awesome that i'm still on board when that scene happens and i'm like i'm on board i believe it i buy it that's awesome see i'm happy with it because 
the queen itself mm-hmm. was a giant puppet. So cool. So it was moving at the same speed yes. as the power loader puppet. Yep. Whereas a lot of times when you have a puppet interacting with something that is actually organic, yep. one thing is moving too fluid or not fluid enough. Yep. I feel like both of those things were, and it almost, to me, works in its favor when you make something seem clunky because it's giant, right? Yeah. Like the AT-ATs in Empire Strikes Back. Right. Or, you know, Kong, King, King Kong or Godzilla or something. Any giants, that slow thing makes it look lumbering. To me, it worked in that scene because you have two things that are both larger than life that really is an audience you can't fucking believe you're watching. You can't fight. believe it. That's happening, yeah. And when she knocks it into the airlock area, mm-hmm. that is such... That is such a cool visuals. Like when she drops the power loader loader on it and it's clamoring and, to get up. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, it's in the the whole thing. It's so fucking cool. Yeah, and I think they bring. I mean, fucking Bill Paxton, R.I.P. the man. He is so good in this movie and has one of my favorite lines. Like, that's it, man. Game, Game over. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny that you say that because that's such an iconic line. I yeah. mean, people. That's that's now so oft parodied. Some people don't even remember where it's from. That shot, I forget who it is now, but someone is in the foreground. And he, you know, if that's the foreground, he's kind of in the background yeah. behind somebody. So it's not even like a hero shot of no. him saying that, that, that line. But it became just such a master well, line. This movie also, for the time, had one of the roughest dialogue. Like, most curse words. We're talking, they drop F-bombs all over the place. And he gets another great line later when, um, what is the the corporate guy who's along with them? Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser. They have him tied to a chair, and they've just found out that he released face huggers in the room with Ripley and Newt. <laughs> yeah. And he said, "I say we ice this rat fuck son of a bitch right now." <laughs> that right there. Your dog meat, pal. <laughs> yeah, right. That right there. I mean, this movie was rough on the language, and like I remember as a, as a kid being like, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it it definitely it is, and I, uh, it's uh, it's just so, oh man, it's so cool though. Going to the beginning of the movie, it starts similar to what I said. Um, Alien started first of all. Alien Alien starts with that ship, the Nostromo, mm-hmm. in space. It ends with her in her um, escape pod. Escape pod. And she's in the uh, the 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 cryogenic tube. Mm-hmm. This one starts with that. It's a shot of space, and the ship is slowly coming towards camera. Yep. You're again instantly isolated. You're yep. alone. Well, um, and to further this, she gets to the space station, and she finds out she's been floating in space for, for years. years. Right. So now she's like emotionally and socially. Yeah, alone her as kids well. are her kids are dead. They show her a picture of her daughter who in died the old. Director's cut. Oh, that's re- that's only in the director's Correct. cut. Correct. Yep, that's another one. Because she's sitting in front of a screen that is showing like a nature scene, mm-hmm. and you think she's sitting in a park or something, and it pulls back. It shows ah, it's just future technology. She's not really there, and uh, they tell her that her she had a daughter who died, hmm. who since has gotten but old and died. Effectively, it isolates her. You know, even though she's surrounded by people, she's still isolated as a person. Oh, for sure. And she, um, you know, now, now, so then she's she's on a space station. You learn about the colony 
yeah. on that planet, which is... I, I, well, as and they're all go, pissed at her for blowing up this spaceship, right. and nobody right. believes her. Which is awesome, because they're called the fucking company, and they're acting like a company, so now it's mm-hmm. like this big, weird, faceless antagonist type thing. Then they... Oh, oh now we don't know. It very quickly escalates till uh, we lost contact with them. You know that meeting we had today where we chewed you out, and you told us to check on them? Yeah. We, we, we can't get in touch with them. Then in, then I got to give, this is what you and I were talking about earlier today about how, like, you make allowances for things when you watch a movie. I mean, it's literally called suspension of disbelief. Yeah. You're like, we want you to come with us now as an advisor. Did they really need her? Yeah. No. But, like, okay, I need for the movie to go Because what on. could she do? I told you everything. Right. It's all written here. I very specifically, they have acid blood. Don't go around right. any Like, she's going to stand behind Hicks and be like, Yep, that's an alien. Yep. Yep, that's because yep. Ripley hadn't even seen an egg. She did, yeah. Right. So she, she wouldn't was even on know the what the egg looked like. Yeah. Right. So she's like, if anything gets on your face, shoot that person immediately. <laughs> Don't at cut least it. follow basic quarantine law, like I said in the first one. Shoot them in the chest or crotch area. Don't shoot for the face because that's acid. Um, <laughs> she gets with this crew, mm-hmm. and they wake up from cryo sleep. With the Marines. Yeah. And just like the first one, they get up, they immediately start ribbing each other, talking about past things. You immediately are like, this is a group that has been together. The fucking knife game mm-hmm. where, where they, uh, Bishop Lance Hendrickson puts his hand over... Bill Paxton's. And starts doing mumbly peg where he's stabbing the knife and he starts doing it super fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're so... And, and here's one other thing, another one. It's like well, I'm it's on funny man. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board with this movie already because of of how cool it's been so far. But like the Marines are cartoon characters. They're so over the top. Like sure. yeah, it's a bug hunt. Just tell me where to shoot. You know, it's like they're just they're ready to gung ho shoot anything they got. But that's okay because I want to see them in action, and I buy that together, that's who they are. And as a team, sure. they interact in a way that, that fits together. Sure. And tell me, a, tell me a Schwarzenegger character that is not, to a certain extent, some cartoon. Exactly. That's part of it's, it. It's, it's where it separates itself from being a the space truckers to now we are an action movie with space marines, and we wish we had Arnold Schwarzenegger, but we didn't. And you get, and, and, and the, what we said before about how important characters are, you feel like these guys are a marine unit that mm-hmm. have fought together. Done stuff, They've yeah. kicked ass. They're not worried about this. Yeah. Um, you know, the first question Vasquez asked, oh, no, was it Vasquez? Or is it Paxton? They want to know, is this a stand-up bug fight? Or, or is this a stand-up fight or a bug hunt? It's a fucking bug, bug hunt. Right, and it's like, they're not really worried about the parameters of the mission. They just, they just want to know, shit. are we going in there to have a war, yeah. or are we going to have to walk around looking well, for shit? And to think about this more, and I wish this was the case, but it's not, they fit into the Starship Trooper world so well. Sure, yeah, moment. yeah, yeah. Like, they have seen battles somewhere. And I want to know, like, when they say it's a bug hunt, have they fought other creatures? Are there other planets where space marines have right, been right. fighting creatures, just not xenomorphs? Sure, sure. That would be an I'd watch that. <laughs> sure, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But you, you really get the feeling of this group knows each other. Yeah. And then there's multiple interactions where Ripley and them, you can see there's a rift between the marines and Ripley. Yeah. And that just further shows the isolation. I think that just further shows how 
by yourself you are. And the genius of how they play her character at this point is she used to be a space trucker and she dealt with these rough types. Sure. So she steps up and says, that's enough bullshit. Listen to me now. And that's awesome. When she takes control and the captain, their, their new person in charge, mm-hmm. who's kind of a doofus. Right. He like looks at her like, oh shit, she just upstaged me in being able to control my own Oh, people. exactly. And, and that's it, great, again, it's yeah. just, when Character. you can do that, when you can do that with the, with your, your casts. Yeah. Um, with your actors, with your characters, I mean, there's layers there mm-hmm. because, and, and and we will talk about this later. The character that you're talking about, it's not his. Gorman. 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 Yeah, he he's the one that they say how many combat, how many drops have you been on, and he says uh, something like thirty six, uh, simulated. And they're like, how many combat drops? He's like, uh, two, including this one. And you're right. He can't really handle them. He doesn't. He calls two different guys by different names. Mm-hmm. It's showing you he's out of his element. It's show. And then later on, they have no respect for him. But then he sacrifices himself and Vasquez for the benefit of the others because. And fucking, if you think about it, yeah. Vasquez shoots an alien. They're in the. They're walking through the oh, vents. Hell yeah. She's kicking ass in the vents. One surprises her, grapples with her. She kicks his face against the side of the vent, shoots it with a pistol. <laughs> Burns her leg in the process. So now theoretically she ain't getting out of there. Yeah. Gorman goes back to help her mm-hmm. and is pulling with her. He's shooting, loses his guns, or you know, she spends all his ammunition. First of all, he didn't have to go back to help her. He might have been able to escape, but he went back to help her. Yeah. Now that he has, they pull out a grenade. He fucking detonates that grenade. You as an audience now care about that sacrifice because we have watched his character. We knew who he was an hour ago yeah. is different than what he is now, and that has been an arc. Yeah. We now are invested in his character and this heroic act. Oh man! Later on in this franchise, there's other characters who we don't really get to know, we don't really know about, we don't really care about. They're just there to die, and it doesn't mean anything. Then there's no sacrifice, yeah. right? There's, I mean, to, you oh, know, the one term of my of favorite shots in this movie, and I don't know if it's that exact scene, but I, I think. An alien sticks his second, like sticks his head through a door. The second mouth pops out. Somebody puts a gun in it and pulls the trigger, and it just goes. That's in the APC. That's after the first. Once yeah, the, first the first battle happens. Battle happens. Yeah. yeah, and that shot right there is one of my favorites. It looks so raw. It looks so real, and the acid gets on people, and it it, it just right there is when aliens just elevates itself to just gnarly battle and and really changes how everything sure. worked but the machine guns the screaming the get some you know all that space marine stuff really became part of the identity of aliens sure and it, i think it's been wrestling with that identity issue the entire time some people want haunted house in space some people want vietnam in space sure sure okay. and and it's been wrestling with those demons ever since and 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 i think it's really had a hard time kind of figuring out how to continue on being what it wants to be i think this is a franchise that could stick around forever, and you can make as many versions of this as you want. Sure, I you agree. could have, you could have an alien and like so. So there's alien comic books, right? Yeah, great ones. And some of them are space marines shooting shit up, and some of them there's one called Alien Pig that I love. Is it really? Oh, it's so awesome. A dark horse comic. Dark horse comic. It's like a one off, and it's one alien on a ship, on like a ship that has some livestock and a pig, who has been their pet. Like, 
plays ball with this alien. And it's just this weird moment where you always think the alien's about to kill the pig. And I don't, don't really remember what happens at the end, but I just remember it being a really great story with a single alien that was scary. But... Chuck Dixon wrote it. He's a great writer. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, huh. And it's, it's, I think we have room for both and it just depends on, on, how you lay it out. But I think people are always afraid to, I want to make as much money as I can right now <clears> off of this movie because it might be the last. But it's like, it will not be the last. Right. We will always have alien movies. It doesn't have to be the last. It doesn't have to be, yeah. For sure. And you're right. And it part of the reason I love this franchise is because it was able to give me such a great thrilling suspense movie and also a great action movie. Yeah. And there are thrills in both and there are action in both, but... In, in, I always think about, like, if I had a blockbuster, mm-hmm. where would each movie that I own be? Alien and Aliens would be in two different sections of my blockbuster. Really? Yeah, because, well, one's, I mean, it makes sense to keep them together because it's a franchise, but one is a haunted house movie and one is an action movie. There's two different, two different genres, essentially. You yeah. know, same character, same creature. It, um, it really is a genre change, for sure. Talking about sticking a gun in the mouth and blowing the, it, that movie that they came up with first of all you have a drop ship Mm -hmm. that spits out a little armored car that then spits the soldiers out soldiers go into an area that's creepy as fuck we as the audience who know what alien is about from the first one Mm -hmm. suspect that the alien is coming we see the the alien looking walls and stuff that we saw in the egg chamber of the first one now we get a, a, a word over the walkie we can't shoot in here so you're like, fuck, how, we as the audience know there's going to be aliens probably. Oh, yeah. The movie's called Aliens. The what do you do? You can't shoot, shoot here is the equivalent of originally showing the acid blood. Because we already, right, it's exactly. the equivalent moment where it's like, sure. we can't fight back. Right. Which is, it's good. And of course, they're like, fuck that. Yeah, a couple <laughs> guys puts, put extra bullets in. Yeah. Michael Bean takes out the, the shotgun, um, shotgun yeah. for close encounters. That's awesome. And then that is played more scary than action. There's a couple of action shots, but there's a lot of like aliens coming down and grabbing people. Coming up to the floor. There, yeah. There's a lot of uh, seeing what's happening over other people's cameras. Yeah. Seeing the action from that. Seeing it from Ripley's point of view in the in the APC, the, mm-hmm. the, the car. And then... She cr- drives in, crashes through the wall to save them. So cool. What a great scene. Amazing. I mean, I'm glad no one on their team was standing beside that wall when she crashed through it. But yeah. um, then she escapes. She's got to run over another alien to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Just think about if you remade that sequence, mm-hmm. okay, from everybody give me your weapons, we can't shoot in here, to... The APC slams through that last door and now they're outside and it's game over, game over. Yeah. You would have such wide shots, mm-hmm. which to me immediately kills the isolation. There's no isolation when I can see everything yeah. around me. You would have hordes of CG aliens doing crazy shit, storming over everything. I mean, that might be the only thing that I would give it as a bonus is the ability to have more aliens but there's nothing there that adds Didn't to need how good that scene was. No, because that's the thing is they thought to themselves, okay, we have X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. We have this technology that we understand. Mm-hmm. How can we express that these seven or eight people are in a room that they don't understand, mm-hmm. that has a bio- biology in it that they don't understand, 
aliens are coming from every direction, and that's something else that this movie introduced. Every time we see the alien in the first movie, yeah. he's standing. Yeah. He's not clamoring. He's not going. He doesn't go through the air. Well, they say he's using vents, but we don't see it. I don't even think we see him go up or understand that he goes up into vents. That he can climb through. Which happens a lot in the third one. Yeah. We see a lot of like an open vent or we see a tail go up or we see him pull something up. Yeah. A little bit in the second one. But in the second one, we see multiple shots of them jumping from like a right wall to a left wall to a mm-hmm. right wall back and forth. We see in the vents they shoot the alien running on all surfaces of the vents, yep. which leads us to believe that they can either stick or climb, which is a whole new fucking thing well, now that you have to worry about. And, and this technique, the way they did this was so awesome, is they would shoot vertically mm-hmm. up into something and rotate that spinning <laughs> hallway vent, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then dangle the character down, like right. head first into it, and they would be able to jump from wall to wall as it was rotating as they were being lowered and it just looked like they were coming at you just going right. boom, boom, boom. Because it tricks where the gravity actually is. Yeah. So the, the, the performers are no longer anchored by gravity to one specific facet of the so set. Cool. And it's just, it and it, it functions like crazy and it just made, I noticed that last night having just watched the first one now watching the second one. Mm-hmm. There's later on, especially at the end of the movie when Ripley, you know, she tapes the flamethrower and the machine gun together. Yeah. And she's walking through. I know it's called a pulse rifle. You don't have to correct me, nerds. I know it's not a machine gun. It's a pulse rifle. But <laughs> when, she, <laughs> when she comes out of the elevator to try to rescue Newt, first fucking thing she does is look straight up and then look at the wall of the elevator, which is really fucking cool that now you have to worry about 360 oh. degrees of danger, you know? It's it's super rad. I mean, I think the only th- part about that movie that I'm always like, ha, da, ha, is how did the Queen Alien get up into the spaceship without yes. anybody noticing? That's always one of those <laughs> moments. But I'm on board. You have been cool enough to me that I'm willing to give you some allowance. Sure, sure. Like, how do they get eggs up there? How do they get the Queen Alien up there? Like, some of those things are the moments where I'm kind of like, yeah, but, but my mind goes, shh. Remember that scene where he stuck the gun in the right. alien's mouth and it exploded? And you're like, oh, yeah, that Remember was that? cool. All right, I'm fine with that. I mean, that, <clears throat> that movie rocked. And after that movie, it was so good that it it left a wake in how do we make another one. Everyone knew they wanted to, but James Cameron was like, yeah, give me more money. Everybody was like, yeah, more money. And they were like, yeah, but we're not going to do that. But we want more alien stuff. But some fans were like, yeah, but I wanted it to be a horror movie. And now you have all these producers and all these studios with their fucking fingers in the alien pie. Right. Smashing it up. And it became very difficult to make a sequel. And it didn't happen for years. Right. I mean, nine, when did Alien 3 come out? 1992. Okay. 1992. Ignition sequence start. Six, five... All right, thanks for listening to our short podcast about aliens. We are continuing our alien series with another Launchpad Shorty. We cover Alien 3 and Alien 4, Alien Resurrection. (laughs) Try to do it less creepy. (laughs) Check us out on our Facebook, on our Twitter, on our Instagram, Launchpad Pod, and let us know what you think about the Alien franchise. 